You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. I do. How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have. But without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should. I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult because you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times bestselling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. Hi, welcome in. It is the Tuesday edition, Jay Barker Show. we got a big week ahead of us, as we're going to find out uh, later on tonight about the Final Four. Right now, what are they from the CFP? Also, Alabama LSU coming up this weekend. Tennessee and Georgia. Alabama now, I think, what, a 13-point favorite over LSU at LSU. So a lot of uh, great things to dive into. we got Tony Curry from the Tony Curry Radio Network. Lars Anderson is down at our flagship station. Tide 100.9 FM. We are presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. Get out to Top Golf today. We call it the bowling of this generation. You'll absolutely love it. That's Top Golf of Birmingham, driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street up in Austin, Aniston. Go by and see Tony Russell and all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford. All right, as we begin to kind of look at who the final four might be, who might end up at the end of the year, this is when it gets kind of crazy season. Let's go down to Tide 100.9 FM. Lars Anderson, how are you this afternoon? I hope you're having a good Tuesday. Yeah, doing great and uh, beautiful weather. Looking forward to uh, seeing my students getting back on campus. And um, yeah, you know, I, I who the, the final four is a good question right now. I still think Ohio State, even though they weren't overly impressive against Penn State uh, on Saturday, I would have Ohio State at one. I think uh, right now I would have Tennessee at two, and obviously this will be resolved with Georgia 
on Saturday, I, and I'd have Georgia at three, and I'd probably have Michigan at at four. And Ohio, I think Ohio State, Michigan, uh, Tony, at the end of the year is a, in effect going to be a playoff game, and then whoever wins that will absolutely roll whoever they play in the Big Ten uh, championship because the, that other side of the conference is so weak. But uh, I, I think there's still a, a prime opportunity for the SEC to get two teams into the 14 playoff, Tony. Yeah, and, and going in, of course, obviously, into, into Week 10, as we do every single year, this is, this is fun, obviously. We know this is not going to be the Final Four because, obviously, we have teams playing each other. According to ESPN, some people inside uh, the CFP rankings and the people that actually put it together, they're saying it's going to be Tennessee 1, Georgia 2, Ohio State 3, Michigan 4, Clemson 5, TCU 6. Of course, those top six teams all still undefeated, the only six undefeated teams. And Alabama coming in at seven. But again, uh, with the Tennessee-Georgia game, it, it doesn't really matter where you put anybody right now. That's A lot of people are like, well, how could you put Georgia and Tennessee? Someone's obviously going to lose. Well, right now, that's what the ranking would be. Tennessee, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan. That's what we can expect later on tonight around 7 o'clock. So we'll see what happens. And again, uh, you know, uh, for Alabama fans who aren't happy about being seventh, it doesn't really matter as long as you're in that final four spots there at the end of the season. Obviously, a win at LSU on Saturday, uh, which I think is going to be a game that's going to decide the West, is going to uh, play large and loom large into whether Alabama actually makes it into the final four. I I know a lot of people aren't into the TCU uh, soup yet. Um, that was one of the games that I absolutely loved. I love West Virginia that game. They were down by three with 30 seconds left. TCU goes to the end zone from the 37-yard line, and they cover by a couple of points. It about broke my heart, ripped my heart out. By the way, I owe you dinner to Perry's, uh, by the way. We went 3-2-1 and one on our six picks. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, listen, as long as you're undefeated nine weeks into the season, uh, you should get something for it, and uh, TCU is probably going to get that sixth spot. And the other team I think a lot of people just can't figure out right now is Clemson. And, and you know, listen um, – Davo is doing this inside and out right now. He has just turned things upside down. Uh, from week to week, we think they're getting better and better. They have knocked off an undefeated Syracuse team. They knocked off an undefeated Wake Forest team. Uh, and this weekend, uh, and this is going to be one of those smelly fishes, I like Notre Dame to trip up Clemson. They're only catching four and a half in the game this weekend, so Clemson will go bye-bye if they lose to the Fighting Irish. But, I mean, I think they deserve to be number, number six or number five just based on their lineage, based on the historic reference of where they're at. If Alabama's any other team, they're probably not even number seven, but because they win a national title every 1.26 years <laughs> like they do with Nick Saban, they deserve to get a look-see. Uh, and from a historical reference point i think uh clemson's about right where they need to be yeah and when you look at if you go through the top seven right now and and, and i'll ask both of you guys um tennessee right now would probably be, would be favored over alabama and I mean, here, here's the thing i get it with alabama is alabama lost uh, 52 to 49 by three points uh, to a tennessee team that's ranked number one team in the country right played at tennessee in a very hostile environment have beaten them 15 years in a row, and then you know just time is gonna it's gonna happen, right? And to only lose by that much uh, there and and to score that many points as well, and for Tennessee to score that many points, Alabama's defense, uh, Georgia, you know Ohio State. So I would say even with Ohio State, Ohio State, what what is their what are they like 75th or 76th as far as ranked uh, schedule that they are right now? I mean, I think a lot of people are putting a lot into them. Um, and, you know, you look at the, they have a win over unranked Penn State, Maryland, uh, kind of the centerpieces of their schedule, and yet still ranked 76th uh, ranked schedule in the country. Um, TCU is undefeated, uh, done it both on offense and defense. And uh, I think, too, 
Uh, they're getting it done against uh, in, in a Big 12, which seems better than it has maybe a little bit in years uh, before. Uh, it, but, you know, that's looking at the Michigan. Michigan is, you know, kind of has won in, in pretty good ways, uh, pretty big ways, I guess you might say, over it. Uh, but, you know, if you were to say what are the four best teams in your – is that the four best teams in your mind right now? Tennessee, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson, not based on record, but who would you say as far as point spread, Tony – where would Alabama be with these teams if, if Vegas was making the spreads? No, I, I mean, I think those are the four best teams right now. And you, you mentioned the Tennessee game. I realize that Alabama only lost by three, but I also take an effect. And, and again, I'm all about the eye test and the matchups. They were down 18 in that game. Um, Tennessee had them on the ropes. And, and obviously, I give huge accolades to Alabama to come back and actually take a 49-42 lead in that particular game. But I also look at the fact that their defense gave that up. This is the most points they gave up since 1907. Tennessee led a 52 spot on them. So I think the Tennessee, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan wrap. And you talked about Ohio State, and I hear you, and we'll, and we'll find out at the end of the season when they go to the big house to play that game against Michigan. But Ohio State is just blowing teams out. And, of course, they went on a 28-3 to run this past weekend uh, to uh, actually get uh, – they were actually covered uh, by Penn State. Penn State had 15-and-a-half, but they were up by 20 late in that game. They just came out of nowhere. And that's what champions do. And so Ohio State's winning convincingly. I think they're 8-1 and one or 7-1 and one against the spread this year. So they're not only winning games, they're blowing teams out. And they should be because of their strength of schedule. But I hear what you're saying. We'll see what happens. Um, I, I think this Tennessee-Georgia game – is just going to be an absolute must-see. I mean, it obviously would be for anybody right now, particularly if they're number one or number two. The fact that George is getting uh, giving up eight and a half to Tennessee, Tennessee's still getting no respect. I mean, absolutely yeah. no respect. Uh, they continue to perform week in and week out. And again, this is going to be not only a big game for them when it comes to the CFP, but also for Hendon Hooker if he wants to win the Heisman Trophy. He's sitting right now behind C.J. Stroud. He's a close second right now. You've got to win that game. Uh, in order to uh, get a look-see from a Heisman Trophy stuff. So everything's on the table for the Tennessee Volunteers this weekend. Yeah, and uh, yes, if if Hooker wants to win the Heisman, this is his opportunity because yep. I, I think it is all in his control because this really is the game of the year. And uh, that's what you're hearing from reporters all the way, you know, from East Coast to West Coast to the Midwest. Like, this is it. This is the game that everybody really wants to see. And I, I think more than anything, Jay, they want to see if, if Tennessee's for real, you know? And because and, I think Tony makes a great point that, that the, the line reflects that there's still some people who aren't quite ready to buy stock in, in Tennessee because they're so new on the scene, right, with Josh Heupel. Uh, and we'll, we'll just have to wait to see. But, uh, man, what a tremendous opportunity for, for Hooker on Saturday. I mean, I, I really think he can win the Heisman on Saturday with a, with a performance like he had against Alabama. And the good thing for him is that Nolan Smith is out with a pictorial tear for the year. He hurt it the first half of the Georgia, I'm assuming the Florida game, uh, the Georgia linebacker now out for the year. That's a huge hit for them on that defense. A tremendous playmaker, a guy that they felt like last year might could have left um, and gone into the NFL. Definitely this year been improving his stock um, and a really a great player for them. Kind of their Will Smith type junior uh, play on the outside, can can run, can cover, can you know make plays in space as well as pass rush and stop the run. So a big hit for them, a, a good thing for uh, Hooker. And now, look, Georgia's got, like Alabama does, a lot of players, a lot of talent to kind of plug in, uh, but still a lot of leadership there lost from Nolan Smith. All right, when we come back, I want to get into uh, uh, Auburn. Uh, fires Harson, and they've named an interim uh, coach, and uh, we'll tell you who it is. You probably already know who it is. 
and uh, we'll tell you more about it and uh, kind of get into all that coming up on the other side. Stay with us. We're live from ABX, Tony Curry Radio Network. Tony Curry in the house. Lars Anderson, Jay Barker, Matt Coulter has the day off. We'll be back. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the ABX studios in downtown Birmingham. The best sports talk in the state, Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. At Easy Cater, food for work is our thing. It's literally all we've done for 15 years. Whether you need to feed a meeting or the whole company, we're here to make sure. 55. Tomorrow, partly to mostly sunny, the high 78. And Thursday, very mild, a good supply of sunshine, the high 79. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 70 degrees in Tuscaloosa. song and uh, Tony you may have heard this before I'm not sure but uh, he's actually running the board for us at Crawford today my oldest son Andrew who is 24 years of age now can't believe it and that was the first song that he loved and we played it in Canada for him uh, when I was playing in the CFL with the uh, Toronto Argonauts we'd play it in there and I promise you that were that was his first words were bye 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 (laughs) from hearing that song uh, in sync that's great that's great that's awesome and now he's running the board really for is. us at Crawford today. So uh, congratulations, uh, Andrew, and thanks to Josh for uh, teaching him and uh, being there as a great mentor as well as all the folks there at uh, Crawford Broadcasting. So uh, good stuff. All right, uh, let's get into uh, – Tony, I didn't get your thoughts because uh, you weren't with us yesterday, but today on Brian Harson, Auburn releases him. Cadillac Williams now is named the interim head coach. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's interim. He's not going to be the next head coach, the running back coach. And, of course, uh, Auburn's uh, doing quite well in that area of their team. It's one spot that's actually kind of shining their 49th, I believe, or 50th in rushing yards per game right now. But it is Christmas time for the Auburn Tiger family. I thought it was really interesting because they're locally. A lot of people were down there on the the campus asking um, fans and, of course, students what they thought of the Brian Harson firing. And most people were like, it's about time. I'm glad to see him go. And now you hold your breath and you have your Christmas list, right? You make your list of Christmas things in hopes that you get most of the stuff on it. In most cases, you don't, but you can shoot high. And obviously, there's a ton of coaches that are up for grabs uh, on this Auburn coaching search. And I wanted to ask you guys specifically, uh, out of these guys I'm going to throw out here in just a second, uh, who do you think uh, would be a good hire for the Auburn Tigers? And who do you think they're going to hire for the Auburn Tigers? One guy that I'll tell you right now that I think is really interesting, he's a dark horse for sure, uh, and I'm friends with him. And I'm having a hell of a hard time getting him to call the show, which is really <laughs> strange because normally, and Lars, you know where I'm going here. Yeah. Normally, he will text me back immediately. Now, I realize that they lost a football player last week. There were funerals or things. Uh, he is not texting me back the window between noon and two. And I know he's open between noon and two, but Mike Leach's name is coming up for this Auburn situation only because, of course, John Cohen, the athletic director who hired him at Mississippi State, was there the last seven years, is now the brand-new 
uh, AD at uh, Auburn. And uh, listen, uh, if, if you're going to get hired and you get to go into a situation where it seems chaotic at best, and that is you're going to have to deal with boosters and trustees and all these people in Auburn that just can't seem to keep their dirty little fingers out of the athletic department, uh, it'd be nice to know that you're in good with that athletic director, a guy who liked you enough to bring you to Mississippi State. Uh, so Mike Leach's name is certainly up there. I know people are talking about Lane Kiffin, the whole idea of Auburn hiring Lane Kiffin specifically to beat Nick Saban because uh, obviously he was his uh, offensive coordinator, uh, I think is absolutely ridiculous. I don't see Lane Kiffin uh, leaving Ole Miss because obviously I think he feels like he could win a championship at Ole Miss, certainly in the SEC. But the hire that I think would be uh, spot on right now, and, and, and I know he just signed a huge extension, but Hugh Freeze is making $3 million right now at Liberty. It has been uh, five years since the Laramie Tunsil uh, Houston nut escort uh, gate that uh, affected his life. Obviously, he's still married. Things are good. He's a born-again Christian, so he says so. But, I mean, if they're going to make a deal with Bruce Pearl in a show-cause situation and bring him in, there's no reason why I don't think they should go. I think they should go after Hugh Freeze. He's showing that he can win football games wherever he goes. He's 33-12 and 12 at Liberty. He's beating uh, D1 teams on a regular basis, and I just think he'd be a great fit for the Auburn Tigers if they're wanting to find a guy who can absolutely win football games. And, oh, by the way, he's one of three guys, Steve Spurrier, Les Miles, the other two, who are the only three guys to ever beat Nick Saban in back-to-back years. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think Hugh Freeze is probably the leader in the clubhouse right now. Um, I think he's paid the penance for his misdeeds. He's 53 mm-hmm. now. Uh, like you said, I, I, he's you know been at Liberty and done very well there. 33 and 12 overall, seven and one record this year in his fourth season. And um, you know, I, I think the Auburn boosters would really like Freeze because Freeze, <laughs> he desperately wants back in, right? So they'd have a little bit of leverage over the guy. Um, so I, I think Hugh Freeze has got to be the, the first person they look at. But also, the, the more you dig into Lane Kiffin, Tony, the, the, the more intriguing it becomes because you realize that he has orchestrated turnarounds at FAU and now at Ole Miss, and the Rebels are off to their best start to begin a season since 1962. And he, uh, and yes, he'd have to go against uh, up against his old boss, Nick Saban, uh, every year. But I, I don't think that intimidates Lane at all. Uh, I guess the question would be, is Auburn a substantially better job than Ole Miss? And I would say yes, it is, because they have more resources, more tradition, and uh, the, once uh, Auburn gets its NIL game put together, it should be uh, it should be on par with everyone in the country. But um, yeah, I, I I would love to see Lane Kiffin become the next head coach at, at Auburn. Jay, do you think that is a possibility? I mean, I think it could be. I mean, I think to me that'd be the best fit. I don't think Coach Leach is probably the best fit. Um, and you know, not not to say that he couldn't do a great job. And you're right. Uh, with uh, the AD being there now that was at Mississippi State that hired him. That makes a lot of sense. And and that he's been absent from your phone calls. I think that we have to read into that as well uh, yeah. because, you know, what's kept him so busy. And I know that, you know, the the last uh, couple of weeks have been tough because of, of other things off the field with a, with a student athlete and things. Um, Hugh Freeze, again, I, I, they went down that path before I, and from people that I've talked to are just like, there's no way uh, that we're going to go down that path again. We know what's there. We don't want to deal with that. But we'll see. I mean, like you said, there's always second chances. I believe in those. I believe in third chances. If people are able to get there 
uh, act together and, and begin to do things the right way. And he's done that uh, at Liberty. And he's got such a great job there. I mean, they love him there. They're paying him good money. It's great resources. I don't know if you guys have ever been uh, to Liberty Stadium as well as just the campus. It's absolutely yeah. beautiful uh, and just not nearly the expectations and, and the pressure that you're going to have uh, at Auburn. But if you're a coach and you're a competitor, uh, you want to go somewhere where you can try to play for championships and can recruit kids in. And I think that's the difference in Auburn than from Ole Miss, even though I think Lane has built up Ole Miss because there's a lot to want to go to Ole Miss for in recruiting-wise, uh, on the field and off the field. Uh, the school, the setting, uh, just everything that surrounds that environment is beautiful uh, at Ole Miss. And I think Lane's done a good job of promoting that school and promoting that program. And also the style of play, I think, brings in certain uh, styles of athletes that helps you to be able to win and, and win in a, in a big way at certain times. But um, it's just weird because if I was to think right now through Alabama and thinking about who's going to be the next head coach, yeah, I mean, I mean, the list is pretty long of, of guys that not only played at Alabama, either coached under Coach Saban or played under Coach Saban, but even guys before Coach Saban that are in the coaching profession and outside of Cadillac Williams and outside of just a couple more guys, I really don't have a list of names that, I mean, I, I think I could probably name 10 to 20 guys that Mike could possibly be an Alabama guy that could come in and coach that's been a coach there as an assistant going to be a head coach or a defensive coordinator. I mean, can you guys name many guys that are there uh, that were that played at, at Auburn or played under Coach Dye or played under Coach uh, whatever? I mean, any of those coaches that have, have really developed young coaches to come back and coach at Auburn? Here's Here's a stab in the dark, and I think this is a name to keep in mind, and that's Kenny Dillingham, the offensive coordinator at Oregon. And remember, Dillingham was the uh, the OC on Malzahn's last good team at Auburn when Auburn won nine games and beat three top 20 teams, including Alabama, and averaged 33 points a game. And now Dillingham is out at Oregon, and he's the main reason Patrick. why he's a main, yeah. main reason why why why, why Bo Nix uh, went to Oregon, mm-hmm. and he suddenly Bo Nix has matured into a Heisman Trophy contender uh, under Dillingham, and so and Dillingham, you know, he's what uh, thirty three now. Uh, I mean, again, you would be taking a shot. You're taking a shot on a guy, Tony, who's not. Uh, ever been a head coach, but the, the potential seems to be there if Auburn chooses to go down the path of getting a young, talented offensive coordinator. I think Dillingham would be the guy if that's the criteria they're using. Yeah, and I went back to look at some of the hires that uh, John Cohen's made, and obviously uh, Mike Leach was considered a splash hire there at Mississippi State because he was successful and they knew he could be successful in the SEC. Uh, a couple other guys, Matt Campbell's name's coming up from Iowa State, don't think he'd make the move. Uh, Matt Rule is looking for a job, of course, the former head coach there at uh, Carolina. He's your two guy. Other guys that I, <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you know, well, and Hugh Freeze kind of looks like him too, by the way. Okay, all right. <laughs> you know, we don't need to go into that again. Analogies. Yeah. No, we, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> but there's two other guys that, 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 quite frankly, would not surprise me. They're not splash hires, but they are guys who are inside the Auburn family. And that would be Jeff Grimes, obviously, that, that coached under Gene Chizik. Uh, he's the Baylor OC right now and having a great year. And then the other guy is Kevin Steele, a guy who a lot of people thought was going to get the job just two years ago, who's the Miami defensive coordinator. A lot of people are saying he's kind of running thin down there in Miami right now. It's because the entire program is running. And I can't believe that Miami's taking on FSU this weekend and no one cares. That used to be the game of the year every single year, Miami and FSU. If you won that game, you're going to win a national title. No one gives a, a, a rat's you-know-what anymore. But Kevin Steele and Jeff Crimes, and again, I don't know 
if that would make Auburn fans happy. Uh, all I look at is 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 Brian Harson's getting a fifteen million dollar check. Uh, he's going to get uh, a lot of that up front, and then the rest of it installments. They just paid uh, Gus Malzahn back in 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 two thousand twenty. Uh, what twenty million dollars? So you're looking roughly at around thirty-five, thirty-six million dollars in buyouts that they could have used towards a coach, a coach they could have gotten behind and been in a much better position right now, and perhaps vying for SEC championships. So those two names are kind of interesting, and I'd love to get your guys' thoughts on the other side about what you think about. You know, is is Auburn? Listen, Auburn's got an ego, and they've got to compete against the greatest college football coach we will ever see on the face of the earth, and Nick Saban. He's not going anywhere for another four, five, six, seven years. How important is it for Auburn to say, hey, listen, we want to play with the big boys, or are they willing to grow with a guy perhaps who hasn't been a head coach yet like Grimes or Steele and uh, try to grow uh, through this uh, through these growing things? Yeah, I mean, the thing with Steele, he's 64. So do you want to start your rebuild with a 64-year-old? That, I think that's the sure, question. Sure. I mean, his, his body of work speaks for itself. He's, he's one of the best defensive coordinators in the country. And, and Jay, I mean, a, another sort of philosophical thing that uh, the AD has to figure out is, do you want to hire an offensive mind or a, a defensive mind? And uh, it seems like the, the sort of flavor of the month right now is uh, both in the NFL and in college is more offense. But... Uh, We've seen Kirby Smart. We've seen uh, Nick Saban, and in uh, in well, Dabo comes from offense, but uh, he doesn't call the plays. But um, yeah, I mean, what, what what do you think? Offense, defense. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like defensive coaches as, as the uh, head coach because the ones I've been around, and you know, with Saban and and also with Coach Stallings and Phil Parcells, and yeah, I think back to all the championship teams, uh, Capers, who was I was at Carolina Panthers and went to the NFC championship game they've all been uh, defensive coaches at the head with the office coordinators kind of running the offense and uh, doing the things that they've got to do I don't know if there's something about that that I've seen success but I still think offensive guys can get it done look at Spurrier uh, all the years he's done it look at Lane Kiffin what he's done uh, different places he's been um, you know so I, offensive guys can get it done as well coach Saban turned 71 yesterday and uh, some of his comments he, he said uh, they asked him about plans after coaching he said i mean you know you enjoy what you're doing now you enjoy the grind i kind of enjoy people always ask me how you keep going i kind of enjoy the grind of the week preparing for the game getting ready for the game setting up the game plan doing all that just as much as the game itself i can't answer that i really can't i certainly would never want to ride the program down if i don't feel like i was doing a good job as we know statement signed a contract extension through august uh in august through the 2029 season uh, when he'll turn 78 years old. He is the second oldest FBS uh, coach uh, after North Carolina's Matt Brown, who is only a few months older, turning 71 in August. So uh, the two winningest Division one coach of all time, Joe Paterno, Bowden, coached until they were 84 and 80, respectively. So, yeah, well, I don't think uh, he's going anywhere soon. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back and uh, more to come on the other side here with uh, Jay Barker and Lars Anderson. Also, Tony, you got a tease for us? I do. I do want to eat some crow because I got people saying, how'd you do on those games that you were throwing out at Lars and Jay and Matt last week? And I want to go through them because I've got some more games coming up this weekend, including that Alabama LSU game, I think is a smelly fish. We'll talk about it coming up here next in the Jay Barker Radio Network. All right, stay with us. We're live from AVX. 
You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WilfordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. 
It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letterC letter O. Tony, you got to tease real quick, uh, just a side note that uh, we just got from Josh, our producer. Um, and he said on the NFL side, Derrick Henry in, in, in the last four games against Houston uh, rushed for 892 yards and nine touchdowns. That is pretty amazing. Uh, talk about the Texans, but, uh, but the old Houston Oilers, which now Derrick Henry plays for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, pretty amazing watching all of his touchdown runs and now the franchise leader, uh, and touchdown runs uh, over uh, Eddie George and uh, and also Earl Campbell, uh, two of the great backs of the Oilers and the Titans. But uh, what what a career he has had and uh, continues to get stronger and better uh, as the year goes on. Uh, years go on, and, and as the year goes on as well, uh, his work ethic is just unbelievable in the weight room. How he prepares himself year in and year out. But congratulations, to Derek, on breaking that record for the uh, Tennessee Titans. Well, and uh, with Tannehill out, you knew he was going to get a lot of touches. His amazing numbers, though, in the first quarter, he's averaging 3.7 yards a carry, second quarter, 4.2, third quarter, 5.4, and over five yards a rush in the fourth quarter. He gets stronger as the game goes. And yeah. I don't know if it's because he gets stronger or is that defense just gets tired of seeing him come at them. Uh, he, is, he is a hard tackle. I had several people ask about the six games. Lars and I had dinner on it. Notre Dame, West Virginia, Louisville, Missouri, U.K., and A&M on the games, and, and Lars, it was funny because uh, we were texting back and forth on Saturday, and I think it was around 4.30 or something like that, and I was fixing to go 4-0 and in those early games, and they were all going to win outright, and I was feeling pretty cocky, and I was going to let you know it looks like we're 4-0, and and of course, then that TCU debacle, that thing was horrible. A 3-4 and West Virginia team stayed with TCU all day long. They're down by three. They have a fourth and one. They could have laid on the ball if they wanted to or kicked a long field goal. Instead, they go to the end zone, and it's a heck of a catch. They end up winning by 10, but we went 3-2-1 and in those games. A&M obviously got the back door uh, laying the three and getting the three points, but uh, uh, the one game that I touted, and it was like, you better talk about the Kentucky-Tennessee game, you said. And I said, listen, all I'm saying is that line was really, really bizarre. It went down to 10 right before kickoff, and I kept thinking to myself, and I said that right here on the Jay Barker Radio Network, it wouldn't surprise me to turn the TV on and see Tennessee at 14 nothing with 10 minutes left in the first quarter. I just was really surprised the line was as low as it was. Their defense looked lights out. I mean, they had Levis uh, in check all day long. Kentucky only had 205 total yards of offense. Of course, they also had the three picks. Uh, but they made him look bad, uh, Tennessee did, and uh, they just blew out Kentucky. It wasn't even close. That was one of those give-me games if you had the other side. I hope you had it. I Tennessee didn't. Tennessee minus the 10. But, uh, Thank you. Three, two, <laughs> Thank you, Tony. You're like, hey, something's not right about this line. Something's not right. Well, you guys, and, and you were and well, just like a couple minutes before kickoff, you were like, oh, the line is going down. I'm like, okay, I, I am loading up on Kentucky Wildcats. 
Oh, boy. Everybody, every, you know, when, when the public's on one side, you take the other side. But out of those three games that we did win, 3-2-1, you were a winner, 3-2-1 day. Uh, those three games, they all didn't win outright uh, in those particular games. And, of course, we're talking about Louisville, Missouri, and Notre Dame. Um, so, so, yeah, but I got a couple other games. I think the Missouri-Kentucky game is really interesting. Missouri's actually favored in that game. I like Mizzou in that game. TCU minus 9.5 is not getting uh, any respect, of course, in the pollsters right now. But they got Texas Tech, a team that's knocked off. I think two top 25 teams already this year. They're giving up nine and a half. I like TCU. I think Oklahoma State is done. This is typical Gundy time of the year. They're actually a two and a half point favorite on the road at Kansas. Why is Kansas only catching two and a half? I love Kansas in that game. And then, of course, I mentioned earlier, and Clemson's been doing it with uh, with Mears. Uh, unbelievable. But they're only favored by four and a half at Notre Dame. I kind of like Notre Dame for the upset there. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. And uh, did you take the Bengals last night to beat the Browns? I did just to keep Saturday it interesting. Night. I had a minus the three, and it, uh, and you never bet with your heart. You always bet with your head. And, uh, dude, I, I wanted to go back and forth with you because I knew that I had to vent a little bit, but what happened to that offensive line? I, I mean, they, they, they were getting better, and they had 12 sacks the first two games. They had three the next two. They were getting better and better. And it's hard to believe the Browns have beaten the Bengals eight of the last nine times they've played. It's unbelievable. And Joe Burrow's I, never beaten Cleveland. I I don't know what it is. Miles Garrett just shot at a cannon. Maybe he needs to get more car wrecks because he looked fantastic last night. He was all over Joe last night. Yeah, uh, Miles Garrett was the best player on the field. And uh, to be able to do what he does from the defensive end position is just un- unreal. And, uh, you know, he was number one overall draft pick. But I would say he's even exceeded expectations in the NFL for how good he has played. And uh, and just going back to Derrick Henry really quick, Jay knows this. Um, when we uh, was in, were in the process of having our first child, we had to kind of go through extraordinary measures. And uh, at at one point, the doctor's like, "All right, we're at the uh, we're we're in the red zone." We're just a couple yards away. We just need, we need, we need, this is Derrick Henry time. And as soon as he said that, I, I, I looked to April. And I'm like, hey, if this works, his middle name is, and if it's a boy, it's going to be Henry. And sure enough, so Lincoln's middle name is after Derrick Henry. And uh, I am going up there for the Bengals game, Jay, uh, which is the day after Thanksgiving. Uh, they're playing the Titans, and so uh, if you can, uh, you know, arrange for me and Lincoln to hang out with uh, Derrick Henry before the game, that'd be great. Need a picture? Yeah, I really got dinner plans the night before. We get coffee around <laughs> seven a.m. with him with uh, donuts. So uh, come we'll on, man, just, you can do the just pull out the Alabama card. You you never do. You never pull out the Alabama card, I but uh, I I need you to here. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome uh, I, I, I would do it for Lincoln most definitely <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> that's such a great story though and, and y- y'all went through so much in that and then uh, with the twins as well but uh, for him to be named after Derrick yeah, Henry that's yeah. pretty cool I, I know uh, April was very happy of that, of that being a big Alabama fan <laughs> yes yeah and uh, can, I, can, I, can I ask you yeah. guys a question too uh, real quick about uh, Derrick Henry since we're talking about running backs I you know, you know, I saw Chubb last night just going off on the Cincinnati Bengals. And, and I've always been, you know, back in our generation, we'll say 20, 30 years ago, the running back was so such an intricate part of, of an offense. You had to have a good running game in order to open up, of course, the play action and, and it opened up things for the quarterback and everything else. 
And and over the last few years, it, you're seeing great running backs that don't even get picked up by their football teams anymore because it's almost like um, uh, just stick another guy in there, and as long as he can run the football and, and, and throw the defense off a little bit, pull up the safety so we can open up the, the passing game. But he is – Derrick Henry is is just – I mean, he is unbelievable. And the fact that he's only making, what, $14, 15000000 million a year is just, I mean, an absolute joke to me. This is – You've seen quarterbacks, and I get it. Quarterbacks touch the ball every time. I know that they're the franchise. You go buy tickets and season tickets because of quarterbacks, not because of running backs, and they deserve $30 million a year. But the fact that he's the highest paid running back, I think it's 14 or $15 million a year, is unbelievable because Tennessee is nothing without him. We see what they yeah. do when he's injured. Oh, yeah, uh, Tennessee fans perform. go to that game to watch him. Absolutely. With Tannehill out, I mean, that he was the show. He knew he was going to get 37 carries or whatever it was. And, I mean, he was a, he was a showstopper, man. He was unbelievable. Jay, why, why is it that you think so many NFL coaches just believe that um, you can just go on the street and pick up a guy and put him in at running back and, uh, you know, he'll do just fine? Uh, the running back position has been devalued. You're right, Tony, since w- when we were growing up, you know, 20, 30 years ago. But Smith, but when you have um, yeah but yeah. when you have a guy like Derrick Henry or you know uh, Zeke Elliott when he was in his prime I, I think Zeke is slowing down but uh, when you have a guy like that it changes your entire offense Jay yeah I don't know if it's so much that the NFL and, and even college has done that in, in a sense any college is still you know using the running back pretty well the problem is you're seeing the, um, the the lack of running backs being prepared from the time you know we we grew up in offenses with a veer the eye, the power eye, the the, uh, the the wishbone where many backs were used and guys who may have been a tight end or wide receiver ended up playing fullback or ended up playing uh, tailback and, you know, and, and thrived and got a lot of a lot of work and a lot of reps. And I think because of that, you've seen the spread offense. The back is just not used as much in high school. And so now everything trickles up. So it's really how you've been trained, right? So if you've been in an offense where you're able to run like Trent was in his offense down on the, on the coast or uh, other teams uh, over the years, uh, th- that brand of football has just died away. Uh, and that starts from Little League all the way up. So I think you're seeing it more of a uh, upward trend from Little League through middle school, high school, college, and then into the NFL that there's just not the same type of backs uh, that there used to be, those powerful bruising backs. They're still out there. Uh, but, you know, offense have changed so much because of that. And they've realized they've got to play in space. They've got to get playmakers the ball through throwing it or through misdirection or through other ways to, you know, with scat back type guys coming out of the backfield. So I think that's probably what's hurt that more than anything else. It's just the direction it's gone uh, at the lower levels that's trickled up to the NFL. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back and uh, more on this. And we got the 115, second hour, hour number two. Tuesdays with Timmy B. Tim Brando will join us. We look forward to uh, visiting with him at 115 today. Stay with us. We're live from ABX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Nacho fries are back at Taco Bell. You know, the fries covered in bold Mexican spices you dip in a warm nacho cheese sauce. You could also dunk them in a nacho cheese sauce or pour the sauce onto a pile of them and create like a nacho. 55. Tomorrow, partly to mostly sunny, the high 78. And Thursday, very mild. A good supply of sunshine, the high 79. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 72 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
Ice at 1.15 for Fox Sports. Look forward to that. And uh, he had the uh, Ducks call this past weekend and uh, had a chance to watch that and always does a terrific job broadcasting and bringing the picture of what's happening there on the on the playing field and uh, also a lot of laughs and humor. But uh, we were talking earlier about the Auburn Tigers and their coaching search, and uh, you brought up uh, one of the guys uh, that uh, has come out and, and really been, I think, you know, a lot of people have brought up his name, and that's Kenny Dillingham. The other one, too, uh, right there at the same place, Lars, that you didn't bring up, Dan Lanning, uh, even though he's uh, mm-hmm. his first year as a coach at Oregon, his name has been mentioned that uh, he might want to come back, a guy that spent time on Alabama and Georgia staffs and has a lot of, uh, I guess, from a recruiting standpoint, a, a lot of roots built uh, in the southeast. Uh, can he pull those kids out to Oregon? Uh, would he have a better shot of going to a place and going back to Auburn and, and having a chance to uh, – or going to Auburn, excuse me, and having a chance to be back in the SEC and, and be able to, to uh, recruit in and kind of knowing the, the landscape of that conference. I know it would be a lot tougher uh, at Oregon right now. It looks like you, know, you can almost make the playoffs – uh, even with the loss and even how they played poorly uh, at the beginning of the year, can still rebound and, and get better as the year goes on. I mean, do you guys think that he's even a possibility for the Auburn Tigers? Or do you think he stays in Oregon? I do. And uh, I also think that Oregon would love nothing more than another shot, another bite at the apple against Georgia uh, because Oregon's a different team now. I mean, and Bo Nix is a different player. I mean, I think Oregon is. I, I I think we will see them in in the playoffs uh, definitely, but uh, yeah, I, I I just you know I I think they they'll they'll look after they'll look into Matt Rule as well, but I think all indications are that Rule is going to sit out twenty twenty three, review his options, and probably do some some television, um, and I, I I but he's known for turning around programs. So he's probably like the first guy you you would call, um, even though uh, Tony has his misgivings about his personal appearance. Apparently, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, all right, Tony. If you're a betting man, who, who who's who's going to be the guy that's going to be announced uh, the day after the Iron Bowl? Uh, that's a great question. By the way, I'm, I'm, I'm going, pardon me, I'm going through some Twitter feeds. Timmy Brando just uh, tweeted out a few minutes ago, yo, Auburn fan, listen to this guy. I agree with all this. However, I can't continually make up stories about people you've hired and endear yourself to future prospects. It's happening over and over for generations. It's got to stop. Is John Cohen a guy who can make it stop at Auburn? And, he, and he's got a great point there. It's interesting, too, because if you look, if you look at Brian Harson and didn't realize that he had just coached at Auburn and had a 9-12 and 12 record, um, uh, he would be a guy that I would hire at Auburn. I mean, he's, he was, about Dan he was 69 and 19. Um, I, I think Dan State uh, is yeah, possibly, but I think Dan is also enjoying uh, the TV studio, and he's actually doing pretty good. He called his first ball game a couple nights ago as a color analyst and did a pretty nice job, so... Um, again, I mean, I, it's Christmas time for the Auburn Tigers. You can dream and you can think about guys you want to have come into your program. It's just a matter of where you want to go. And you guys brought up a really interesting point. Uh, the college football playoffs will expand, I believe, in 2026. We're only three years away, removed from that. And a lot of guys would say, hey, listen, uh, am I going to go to a, a job where I know I can't be in a Final Four, I can't play for a national title? Once it opens up to 12 teams, Lane Kiffin's going to be competing at Ole Miss for a national title once they go to 12 teams. Old Miss will be a top-12 team if he stays there and continues to recruit like he is. So, I mean, the idea that he need to go to Auburn in order to compete for a national title, which they've already done, 
um, I think is kind of hooey because once it goes to 12 teams, there's going to be a lot of guys out there that can compete at the universities they're at right now. So I think that's something you have to think about here in a couple of years. Another one, uh, Mark Stoops. Think he'd leave Kentucky for Auburn? They love him in the Bluegrass State, and uh, they're paying him some pretty good cheese there. I, again, I, I don't know, uh, depending on who your agent is, I don't know why you'd want to get into the shenanigans that is the Auburn Athletics Department right now. I, 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 there needs to be some cleaning up. And maybe with John Cohen, maybe it is cleaned up. I don't know. John, obviously, was pretty well entrenched at Mississippi State there for nearly a decade. Uh, he obviously knows something we don't. And, and I think there's a lot of cleaning up that has to be done inside those hallways of the athletic department in order to bring a coach in that's going to say, listen, are you going to give me more than two years if I don't, you know, light it up the minute I take the football field? Because right now, the Auburn, listen, Auburn doesn't have a ton of talent. They got tank. They got some great guys. Don't get me wrong. They got some five-star guys. But right now, no one's on the same page. It's going to take a little while to clean it up. There's not a whole lot, in the, a whole lot left in the cupboard right now in Auburn. I hate to say it. Yeah, the, the talent level is down, and also the numbers are down. And, and what they've lost just yep. in the 2021, what their 10th that they've lost in the transfer portal in the 2021 class, I mean, that that is a hard hit uh, for any coach that's there now and any coach that may be coming in. Yeah, I agree with you, Tony. They, they need a strong personality that comes in and says, it's my program. Give me the keys. Mm -hmm. I'm going to run it. All these other peripheral guys get out of the way and let me run the program. But they don't get that guy. They're going to continue to have those type of issues. All right, coming up on the other side, Tim Brando will join us. we got Tony Curry, Tony Curry Radio Network, Lars Anderson. Matt's got the day off. Stay with us. Hour number two next. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. The fit specialists at the New Balance Birmingham store conduct an in-depth analysis of your foot size, shape, and gait, determining the best New Balance shoes for you. Experience the difference of custom fit today at the New Balance Birmingham store on Highway 280 next to Chick-fil-A. New Balance Birmingham. Your feet will thank you. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option. High-intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.COM. I'm excited to tell you about our newest sponsor here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. They pioneered the Chicken Finger Box and the Chicken Finger Restaurant. That's Guthrie's. Guthrie's recipes and processes are often imitated but never duplicated. Look, their sauce is probably the most copied sauce of all sauces all time. And I've known this family since my days down in Tuscaloosa. And they came over, and man, I tell you, it's nostalgic even today to see my kids going to that same Guthrie's. And great family. Do so much for the community, but more importantly, provide the best when it comes to chicken fingers. Get out to Guthrie's today. I want to tell you about my good friends at Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker, and look, Ken Needham has done a terrific job. Local company, 205-980-1505 is their number. That's 980-1505. Again, local, you can speak with the same team every time you give them a call. Full line of products from Auto Home, Boat Life. You'll trust them. They have a great uh, deal as far as the relationships they build with their customers and 20 years with the same company and industry. Custom approach for your insurance needs. Give them a call, 980-1505. That is Southern Assurance Group. Hi. 
Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Whether it's for lunch or dinner, head out to the Cajun Steamers, a New Orleans-style joint that serves authentic Cajun and Creole food, cold beer, and great drinks. They are known for their wide array of Cajun classics and original creations prepared in an authentic fashion. This Louisiana kitchen can have you slapping the table for more. Stop by the Cajun Steamer and sign up for your Alabama, LSU, or Auburn fan card. Eat with the Cajun Steamer while your team is on TV and use your fan card to receive a 15% discount on your entire meal. With locations in Hoover, Trustful, Huntsville, and Franklin, Tennessee, they've got you covered. Head out today to the Cajun Steamer. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letter C, letter O. Birmingham's best Mexican restaurant for over 20 years and counting. That's La Paz Restaurant in Crestline Village and Mount Laurel. They've got a great staff. Its delicious menu, award-winning cheese dip, and margaritas and vibrant atmosphere have helped to make La Paz a local favorite. Blue corn nachos, Texas barbecue quesadillas, steak and blue quesadillas, Baja fish tacos, signature fajitas, and much, much more. So head over to La Paz today. If you want a great lunch or a great dinner, you'll find all that at La Paz, Crestline, and Mount Laurel for lunch or dinner. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa, Tide 100.9, and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Who you are is more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult. You're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight.
Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two, and again, presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. Get out to Top Golf today. You'll absolutely love the food, the drinks, the fun with coworkers, family, or friends, and all the charitable events they do, as well as a great place to tailgate or go to uh, after or before games at Protective Stadium for UAB or just any type of events going on down there. Great spot. That's Top Golf of Birmingham. Also driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street up in Oxford, Anniston, Alabama. Go see Tony Russell and all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford. All right, we've been talking about uh, what possibly could be the Final Four coming up tonight. And uh, a lot of predictions there as far as what the CFP, how they were arranged. I'm going to think a lot of folks think Tennessee could move into that number one spot just based on their resume, uh, who they played. And it looks like we'll have at least a number one versus number two matchup coming up this weekend with Tennessee and Georgia. Hey, Jaybird, 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 I got a question for you before you move on, because I know you're going to roll through this real quick. Uh, so right now we're thinking Tennessee, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, TCU, Alabama is the top seven. Uh, what's it going to look like next Tuesday? Because I think that's where and that's where it's going to get really interesting. Uh, again, Tennessee, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, TCU, Alabama. Uh, Tennessee's playing Georgia. Ohio State's got uh, Northwestern. Michigan's got Rutgers. Clemson's got Notre Dame. TCU's got Texas Tech. Alabama has LSU. Scotch that down a little bit and tell me what you think it's going to look like next Tuesday. Because obviously, it's not going to be the same. If Georgia ends yeah. up winning that game, do you think do you think a Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, would Tennessee stay in the top four if they lose? Uh, it's according to how do they lose, I, I think. But uh, again, Alabama played at that time the numbers what were they were they six? I think it was at the time Alabama played Tennessee. Alabama moved into you know Tennessee moved to number three. They lost that game by three points, so they still moved Alabama down what five spots at that time, five or six spots um, mm-hmm. from where they were sitting. Uh, if Tennessee loses to Georgia, being a one versus two, um, I mean they they would probably be sitting right outside the uh, the the, uh, the top four. I would think they would still have Ohio State, Michigan, uh, Clemson, and Georgia. I'm just saying based on on the, on the uh, uh, as far as the, uh, the the teams and stuff. Now that's where you know would, would Tennessee still lay inside of Alabama because they beat them head to head? You know how would Alabama mm-hmm. move ahead of Tennessee at that time? I think I think it's a real predicament now. Uh, for these games coming up, if Georgia beats Tennessee, now Georgia's in the driver's seat. Alabama beats LSU. Alabama's in the driver's seat. Still got Ole Miss on the road. Then they got Austin P. Then Auburn at home. Get to the championship game if they were to beat Georgia. Now you got Georgia sitting there with one loss. Alabama with one loss. Just have won the SEC championship game. And Tennessee's only loss uh, would be to Georgia. Uh, so that would, I mean, that, that would be a, a real predicament for I the think, CFP if it comes uh, down to that. I think uh, – yeah. 
I think Tennessee's out in that situation, in the, under that scenario, because the SEC champion would be Alabama. They a, a, absolutely would be in. And then you just go head-to-head, Georgia, Tennessee, who do you put in? And it would be Georgia. Uh, but, Tony, I wanted to ask you uh, about Clemson. And um, I, I know you think that they could get beat this weekend, or you think they will get beat by Notre Dame. But let's say they, they get through the, the Fighting Irish, and I, I think they will. Uh, do you see anything derailing, if they win, right, if they beat Notre Dame, uh, do you see anything derailing their way into the playoffs? Uh, no, and, and it's only because, you know, I mean, obviously they got Notre Dame, uh, then they've got a scrappy Louisville squad, but they got it at home, they've got Miami at home, and then, of course, they play South Carolina, and who knows what South Carolina's going to do, but, uh, you know, I, I think if they can get it, I think that's a big reason why a lot of people believe that they'll probably get in, just because based on their schedule, this is really their last big, yeah. stiff test, uh, and that Notre Dame just giving it four and a half points. I, I don't think that's going to happen. The, the reason I ask you who you think it's going to be next Tuesday is because, I think if Tennessee, and we've seen this happen with the CFP, where they've put teams in the Final Four knowing they weren't going to make it. Because it's a weekly thing, right? Uh, and this is not mm-hmm. what we think it's going to be at the end of the year. This is what we think it is right now. Uh, do we think that there's going to be two SEC teams and two Big Tens in the Final Four? I don't think so, but that's what it is right now. And so I, I, I think, I, to your point, Jay, I think it, it, it makes quite the conundrum because if Georgia beats Tennessee, they're going to go number one. Ohio State and Michigan have cupcakes this weekend. They're going to move to two and three. Uh, and then who's going to hold that four spot? If TCU knocks off Texas Tech, Alabama winning on the road at LSU, is that enough for them to jump frog an undefeated TCU squad? I'm not so sure. And then, of course, you got Clemson there, depending on what they do against Notre Dame, could have that fourth spot as well. So this first one, not a big surprise. Next Tuesday, I think, is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. And and I think it's important to remember that these uh, rankings are just a snapshot in time, right? And, mm-hmm. uh, and really, it's just a made-for-TV show. I mean, that's all it yep. is, because this first round, these first few weeks of the of the of the rankings mean absolutely nothing. I mean, zero. Uh, and it's just yep. a, it's a made for TV event that ESPN has created to get more programming. Jay, I mean, it doesn't matter where Alabama is right now. If Alabama wins the rest of their games in the regular season and then beats either Tennessee or Georgia in the SEC championship, they're in the playoffs. I mean, it's very simple now for Alabama because Alabama, you know, there have been several years that Alabama d- doesn't go and win the SEC championship, but they have that one loss and everyone's just wondering, will Alabama be that fourth team to make it in? Well, that's not going to happen this year. We'll know. It's just going to for Alabama. It's incredibly simple: win and you're in. You lose one, you're out. Yeah, no doubt about it. And it's hard and, to know, believe that, that was the beauty too loss, of yeah. playing a Tennessee team was ranked number six at the time, and uh, having a chance to you know lose to them by three points, and then the way that they play with the 17 penalties and just all the mental mistakes. Um, I still look at this team, guys. I mean, I, I know everybody says, well, there's there's something that seems to be missing. I think the missing part. A lot of it is just that they get out of rhythm when it comes to the penalties and the bad, you know, bad mistakes or the pass interference and those things that they got to continue to work on and things they're trying to correct uh, last week during the bye week. I get some rest, get rejuvenated, and uh, get ready for this next four-game uh, stint, two on the road. That's going to be very important for them positioning themselves toward the end of the year to get to the SEC title game. And I agree with you, Lars. I mean, you know, they, they couldn't have lost 
uh, at a better time against a, the team that they lost to because I think that still looks good to the CFP the way that they lost it and only lose it by three points uh, with the last second field goal there in Tennessee after 15 wins. I mean, you're bound to uh, finally uh, pull one off, and Tennessee did it. And plus, it was great for college football as well. I, you know, I hate to say that uh, in a loss, but uh, it's, it has been great for Tennessee to be back where they are, especially for the SEC, but more importantly for uh, the college football uh, overall as a whole. So uh, we'll see how it all plays out. Let's take a break. we got Tim Brando coming up next, so I want to make sure we got all the time with him and uh, have a chance to see his thoughts on all this. He always has great thoughts about it. Plus, he called that Oregon game this past weekend. We'll get his take on Oregon, on uh, Bo Nix, and all this happening out there for him and all the disruption right now for the Auburn Tigers with Harson out, Cadillac Williams, Name the interim head coach. Stay with us. We're live from AVX. We'll be back. Tim Brando, Fox Sports, coming up next. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX studios in downtown Birmingham. Townsend Nissan is your super savings vehicle dealer right here at home in Tuscaloosa with over 100 pre-owned vehicles in stock and priced for immediate delivery. And, yes, if you are looking for a new Nissan 55, Tomorrow, partly to mostly sunny, the high 78, and Thursday, very mild. A good supply of sunshine, the high 79. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 72 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Big time, 27 to 35, 412 yards, three touchdowns for the Oregon Ducks. Let's start there, and uh, you got to see them once again and uh, see this team that right now is, continues to move up in the rankings. Uh, would love to kind of hear your initial thoughts about that game this past weekend. Oh, he's not up. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought, <laughs> I thought the city is up on my screen. My bad. And uh, there, there's the ghost, Tim. Hey, anybody else want to answer that question? Lars or Tony? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, – <laughs> No, I mean, I, Bo Nix looked great, and um, it, 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 the, the the contrast between Bo Nix and the quarterback play at Auburn is absolutely striking, and you know what? We may not be talking about Brian Harson being fired this week if Bo Nix was still there, but Bo Nix was one of the first guys to leave because he'd said uh, in, in a uh, story to AL.com, I believe, don't have the don't have it called up right now, but he did said he was miserable, didn't, and he just didn't get along with the coaching staff, and 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 I, I wrote like a five thousand word story on Bo Nix uh, in his during his freshman year. And I found him so likable and so willing just to do whatever it takes to win over his teammates. And and uh, he's a great locker room guy. And yet he knew his place. You know, he knew that he was only 18 years old, and so he wasn't going to be you know getting in the faces of, of seniors. And it's a Jay, you know better than anyone. It's sort of an awkward position to be in, right? When you start as a freshman and. 
and you got these almost they look like grown men uh, who are looking at you in the huddle and you have to provide the leadership. But um, yeah, Jay, just your take on on Bo Nix and and what he's been able to do ever since that first game against Georgia. I think we can kind of throw that one out because yeah, the, 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 yeah. well, the best the best thing for him is not to be back at Auburn. The best thing was that he went to Oregon, and the system just it fits him better. They then they're calling better plays around his skill set. Uh, he's a year older. I mean it, that always helps too. And he came into a a tough environment where you know had to learn new systems and do different things. But he also had a lot of familiarity around him um, with the coaches that he'd, he'd worked with at Auburn and Lanning, as well as, uh, you know, a guy that's had a lot of success and coached at Georgia and Alabama. So I, I think there was some, some familiarity, but I think more importantly, it just shows his his drive to want to continue to get better. And, and I'm telling you, the best thing that happened to him was getting out of the Harson offense and, and getting to Oregon to where he could perform. And, and we got Tim Brando joining us now from Fox Sports. And, Tim, you brought this up as well. I think even getting out of the bubble of the, uh, you know, be, being a Knicks, being at Auburn, uh, the, the pressure that can come with that, I, I think for him, he's able just to be Bo Nix out on the West Coast and is performing at such a high level. We brought up his numbers earlier. You had the call. Tell us your thoughts on Bo and, and this Oregon team. I've had him twice now, Jay, uh, Lars, and, and Tony. It's good to be with all of you. I've had him twice. And I think the seminal moment in the turnaround for the Oregon football team happened in the second half in Pullman, Washington against Washington State. Uh, Cam Word, the young man from uh, Incarnate Word that they picked up in the transfer portal, was having an incredible game. He was like a human highlight film. And they found themselves down by three scores uh, going into the fourth quarter. And, and Bo just took control of that game. And uh, I think Lanning and Kenny Dillingham, the offensive coordinator, who has worked with him so long, uh, and has such an understanding of what Bo is all about, uh, basically puts the game in Bo's hands, and he took care of them. Uh, he led that team to an incredible fourth-quarter comeback victory, and they have not looked back since. I mean, not at all. They've only improved since that game. And I thought against UCLA, who really impressed me when I had them against Utah three weeks ago, that was where the rubber had to meet the road. The Bruins are a good team with a great quarterback themselves and Dorian Thompson-Robinson, and Bo outplayed him. And uh, and the defense for UCLA has really improved, but not to the point where they could stop Bo Nick. And the combination of the wide receiving core that he has, four really good running backs, I mean four of them, and they can all play. They're all good Division One backs. They stay fresh. Their offensive line is good. Mario Cristobal left a full-covered for Lanning to work with. Now, that isn't to take anything away from Dan, but that was a premium offensive and defensive front that he left behind. You know, on the defensive side, they've got Noah Sewell, Panay Sewell's brother. I mean, yeah, they got guys that are going to be playing on Sundays on that team. They are the best one-loss team in America. Apologies to Alabama, but I'm sorry. They are better. And if they were playing on a neutral field right now, I'd pick Oregon. Uh, the Georgia loss is going to be really interesting to see how how the committee views that loss to Georgia. On the one hand, you have to give Oregon credit for having them on the schedule. It enhanced schedule. But on the flip side of that, they got killed. They got hammered. It wasn't close. And you wonder if that stays in the minds of the, the committee or if they, as, as, as uh, Lars just suggested, wipe that off. You know, a clean slate. It's, it's week one. 
crazy things can happen. But uh, I'm very confident in telling you after speaking to Bo uh, prior to games and also with the coaching staff that I was just with, uh, they're in a really good place right now and feel like they can run the table. And I don't see any reason why they can't. Tim, uh, two quick questions. One, how do you think Bo Nix's game will translate to the NFL? And two, do you think Oregon makes the playoffs? Well, that's real sketchy, uh, the, the playoffs, because they need help, uh, Lars. Uh, TCU and Clemson are in the better positions without question, okay? The committee is going to have to withstand an onslaught if TCU and Clemson each run the table in their own league. So for Oregon to get there, they're going to need help in the Big 12 with TCU, and they're going to need help uh, in the Pac-12 with somebody knocking off Oregon. That's not to say that it can't happen. It, we, it, a lot less has happened in the past to, to give teams a path to the college football playoffs. Uh, does his game uh, translate to Sundays? No question. And I think this year, to Jay's point, the address change was huge. Uh, enough with the legacy stuff, enough with the soap opera that is and was Auburn. He needed to play loose, and he needed to be in a place where he was appreciated, wanted, and not filled with pressure. And Eugene has just been perfect for him. You know, his wife Izzy's with him, and uh, he's gotten to know all the players on his team, and he takes them out after games. Uh, his center, Forsyth, who's also going to play on Sundays, they're very, very close. Uh, he gets ribbed on a daily basis about his Southern brawl, and that's okay. Uh, he, he just enjoys being an Oregon Duck right now. And the appreciation that uh, the, the city of Eugene has for college football and the campus makeup, if you will, of Eugene, if anybody that's out there listening has been there, you know what I'm talking about. But if you haven't been, you probably just don't appreciate this when I say it. Uh, Eugene, Oregon, and Auburn, Alabama are very similar. Yeah. And the, the geographic makeup of the town, what motivates the city, it's about football first. Uh, Phil Knight is always around. He was at the game at Cal the other day. Uh, Phil's not just a tennis and track guy anymore. Phil is a, a football guy. He's, he's into it. And um, I, I think just being um, in a place where college football is coveted in the Pac-12 really matters. Not every town in the Pac-12 does, Okay. You can go into a lot of places, like Cal, by example, and say, okay, well, y'all want to go to the game? And you just walk right in. You know, you, you don't do that in Eugene. Alston Stadium is a big time. Uh, the, I've said this before, fellas. It's the most SEC-like environment in the Pac-12. It's just smaller. That's all. But it's got an SEC feel to it. Tim Brando joins us here from Fox Sports and the Jay Barker Radio Network. Uh, Timmy, we're 54 days away from Christmas, and the Auburn Tiger family is making their Christmas list. They got wishes, baby. Lane Kiffin, Hugh Freeze, Jeff Grimes, Mike Leach, Mark Stoops, uh, Matt Campbell, Matt Rule, uh, Deion Sanders. They're all on there, man. So tell me, point blank, uh, question A, question B, who will they hire and who should they hire? Well, what they're going to do, is hire somebody that they believe has been successful already in the Southeastern Conference. We can cut about half that list in half. Okay, they're going to stay in-house because they went outside the purview of the Southeastern Conference when Harson was hired. That mistake was really made by the AD. The mistake made was hiring the AD. 
if that was the direction that the administration was going to go in. So we can start there. But the biggest problem Auburn's got is its image of itself by those that are the most powerful uh, in the in the Auburn family, so to speak. And uh, I've I've had some uh, already some conversations today on social media with some good Auburn people, people that don't like hearing what I have to say or reading what I've put in print. But it's fact. Some of these guys that they think they can get, they have no chance of getting because their reputation precedes them. Matt Rule is not going to come to Auburn. You can forget about that, okay? He wants uh, no part of Auburn and probably, uh, you know, maybe not in much part of the SEC at this stage of his career. And he's got 40 million reasons to just kind of survey the landscape and see where he'd like to land, okay? And I'm sorry, but Auburn's not Nebraska. Auburn's got a lot of places that have openings right now. So you're not going to get Matt Rule. Forget that. Um, whether Jimmy Sexton is going to push the lane train to the to the extreme to go there, I'm not sure. Uh, I think that Lane would be really well served to stay at Ole Miss. Uh, he has control of things at that place. And we're not talking about facilities and infrastructure. I hear a lot of the guys especially on the SEC network, talking about, well, you know, you've got the infrastructure at Auburn for titles that you don't have at Ole Miss. You know, I think that's an old argument, fellas. You know, I've been to Ole Miss. I sent a child to Ole Miss. The infrastructure everywhere is good. Coaches make six, seven, seven and a half million at a lot of places now. Okay, this isn't, this isn't uh, Doug Barfield being fired and who's going to come in to replace him at Auburn. <laughs> You know, where money was different in certain parts of the country versus uh, other parts of the SEC. I, I think that you um, Freeze should be the guy. You want my opinion, you go get you Freeze. I think he has served his time. Uh, no one had broader uh, baggage in more varied ways than he did. And all he's done is go to the liberty of all places and knock off some of the really big programs out there he's got a chance at one this week i mean he does uh i know he signed an extension but we don't know what that extension says my guess is it says he could have an out if he wanted to go to a southeastern conference school that's where he wants to be um and i think that you would be really happy at auburn and uh the question is will the uh hierarchy uh, of auburn allow him to do his thing and will they be able to hold their noses when people bring up the past? You know, the combination of those two things would probably uh, get in the way of a few being perhaps the guy that they should hire. But he's certainly proven he can do it in the SEC. He beat Saban twice. How much more do you need? Uh, and I think that yeah. he would be readily available. And I don't think, I think for Lane, it would be a little more difficult given the circumstances he now has with this current team still very much in the hunt in the SEC West. All right, I'm going to ask you a quick question here. You can answer on the other side. Mike Leach, I consider him a, a dear friend of mine. I've had him on the show with me yeah. 
for like the last three right. or four years. He always texts me back, but he has not texted me back the last couple of weeks. I realize there's been a lot going on with that program. Uh, he will join us here on the Jay Barker Radio Show tomorrow so we can actually ask him some questions. His name has come up on this list, uh, and obviously the only uh, way I'd take that Auburn head coaching job is if I know the AD, and of course that AD already hired him at Mississippi State. Well, I'm not saying Auburn well, would hire Mike Leach, but I'm asking the question, would he entertain the idea of going to Auburn? I want you to answer that coming up well, on the other side here on the I, Jay Barker really, Radio Network. I, I, yeah, Tony, I, I'm really glad you asked that question. <laughs> no, I, I really answer it on that. the other side, brother. <laughs> right, we'll, we'll, uh, coming it. up on the other side with uh, Tim Brando from Fox Sports and uh, much more. Get his CFP top four as well. Stay with us. We're live from ABX. Lars Anderson, Tony Curry, Tony Curry Radio Network. Tim Brando, Matt Colter's got the day off. We'll be back. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Jerry Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WillifordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. 
Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letterC letter O. as he does each week, and always great to talk to him. I know, Tony, you had the question. I'm going to let you go with it with uh, Mike Leach. You want to re-ask uh, re, uh, the question to, uh, to Tim Brenda? <laughs> yeah, and, and by the way, I consider a coach a friend when he'll actually talk to me on the yeah. phone when it's not uh, on a radio program, and, and he does that with me, and I, and I greatly appreciate that. I mean, hell, he's called me in the middle of, of halftimes of uh, football games before, and I, and I appreciate <laughs> that, and I love the man for it. I think he's a, I think he's a great guy. I really is. He's a, he's a very entertaining uh, interview. His name's obviously been on this list of, of Auburn hopefuls, and and uh, he has been really, really quiet over the last couple of weeks, and I realize with the, the loss of Sam, Sam Westmoreland and, and the situation their program's gone through, and certainly playing Alabama last week, it's been really tough. Uh, he will join us tomorrow on the show, so I'm looking forward to catching up with him a little bit. Uh, but the fact that John Cohen obviously came from uh, Mississippi State and was there for seven years, uh, I'm thinking to myself, if I'm going to take that job at Auburn, uh, two things got to happen. First of all, I need to know the AD really well and I need to have a hell of an agent. And, and Mike Leach has got those two things. I'm not saying Auburn would hire him because I don't know if he's a good fit there, but I, I wonder if you would even entertain the idea of, of jumping ship Mississippi State and going to Auburn. What's your thoughts? Yes and yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Um, and by the way, the one problem with my theory on freeze, okay, if you want to shoot a hole in that, you can do it easily because – Cohen was at Mississippi State when all hell broke loose on Hugh at Ole Miss. So he was well acquainted with all the stories and, you know, the, the, the part of that baggage that I think Hugh had to get past may be something that John Cohen could never get past. Therefore, Hugh would be off the grid. Okay, you follow me? So mm-hmm. if that's the case, then I think that 
you have to look at Mike Leach as potentially being uh, the guy that John would go with. And, and I would make this statement in support of your thoughts about Mike Leach. He's the most misunderstood coach, uh, I believe, in college football for a variety of reasons. He's, I agree. He's, he's anything but your typical college football coach. And there are going to be times when Mike will say uh, a difficult truth that a lot of coaches never would, and because he does that, he's gotten himself in trouble with, with, with many, many people throughout his years as a head coach, whether it was in Lubbock, Texas, or Pullman, Washington, or Starkville, Mississippi. You can make a case that there's a reason why Mike has flourished at places like that, because you can be a little looser with your conversation and get away with it in towns of that size. Maybe not so much when you're at a program like Auburn, and you're in a smaller uh, fishbowl, so to speak, in terms of the micromanaging of whatever is said by a head football coach. The Auburn coaches' quotes are going to be given a hell of a lot more than the Washington State or the Mississippi State or the Texas Techs on an average basis. Okay, And that has, in the past, I think, uh, quailed thoughts of Mike getting an opportunity at a place like Auburn. The upside for Mike would be, he, he would be able to run his air raid and do all the things that he does to be a consistent winner. And he has been that. He has been a consistent winner. But he would be doing it with athletes far more superior to the ones he's had in the past at Auburn than any of the other places. I think he would be a huge success there. I just don't think Auburn and its hierarchy would allow someone as smart as Mike Leach and who is as candid as Mike Leach to ever be their head football coach. But if Cohen has control, okay, <clears throat> and we're told that John Cohen has control, we would, we would know right away, Tony, does he have control if he hired Mike Leach? Because he would not at all be the kind of coach that the people that have been in charge of Auburn would want anything to do with in the past. Do you ever hear from other coaches, Tim, like guys who may be interested in going, gosh, I just don't know if I want to walk into that situation because it has been oh, so tough on a lot of yeah. coaches that have, been, that have been there. I mean, the whole family thing only extends to their immediate family, not to guys who come in and, and are, are there as coaches, right. even the ones that have been there. I thought Gene Chizik got pushed out too early. Malzahn got pushed out too early. Oh, all um, of them. It, it, yeah. yeah, all of them. Yeah. 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 I, mean, I mean, Jay, we're talking about what? Since um, add the Harson to Malzahn, yeah, Terry and the Tab, we're talking we're talking fifty million dollars of dead money, okay, mm -hmm. to coaches from one school alone in the Southeastern Conference. Okay, I can guarantee you all the other coaches around the country uh, know about that. As it relates to do I hear from coaches whenever conversations come up and privately? Sure, I do. Yeah, I don't think I want any part of that. I mean, I've heard coaches tell me in the past, and again, don't take it the wrong way. Uh, hey, Tim, I know you've got SEC ties. Uh, not interested. <laughs> okay. I mean, I've heard that too. Uh, and, and a lot of times that, you know, and I'll defend the SEC sometimes when that comes up in a conversation with a coach outside of the league. But certainly, you know, Auburn fans don't like hearing this. I have nothing against the school's administration. My problem is the school's administration is controlled by those that don't have the school uh, school's best interest at heart. You know, you can't hire someone and then within months 
begin to demean them in a way and excoriate them in a way that their personal lives are are trashed the, the way Brian Harson's work. You can say you don't like him. You can say there are things about his character that don't blend with you, but you can't do things like that. And then when the Bobby Petrino tarmac incident came up with Tupper, I mean, we can go on and on about this stuff. Uh, it's happened decade after decade after decade, basically since Pat died. Pat dies. Uh, uh, greatness and and his uh, I think he's worthy of Mount Rushmore consideration in the history of the SEC. With each passing year, uh, the the Pat Dye period becomes bigger, broader, and greater because the place has been a mess ever since. Uh, Terry Bowden won twenty games in a row. They ran him out on a rail, and uh, it's been like a turnstile of coaches ever since. And and people can defend what Auburn's decided to do all they want. But if you go back and you look at the methods that were utilized to run people out, there's no there's no denying the character assassination from those in power. I'm not saying the school, from those in power, has been beneath contempt. There you go. Tim Brando joins us here from Fox Sports. Uh, Timmy B, of course, you can find him on Twitter, and he'll always reply to just about everybody at Tim Brando on Twitter, which is super great. He joins us here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. I wanted to bring this up, and it's just a sad story between the Michigan-Michigan State game after the game uh, and now some of the things that Jim Harbaugh is coming out and saying. He was running down the hallway as he saw one of his players getting beaten up by eight or nine other guys. Uh, Your thoughts on uh, what happened after that game and what should be done about it? There is no, um, there is no excuse for anything like that ever happening. Okay, and beyond um, uh, beyond that, uh, it, it does fall, though. However, in, into the, the realm of Michigan's control of the environment, there's a great tradition in history where the Maize and Blue Club consistently has uh, its its run on, where they're touching the Big M as they come out. Uh, and the Wolverines hit the field. But in that same tunnel is where the opposing team has to come from. Now, if, if Michigan is not governing uh, the game, if the home team is not governing uh, and having security at the game site for both of those teams so they can uh, not, you know, not have an incident like that take place, then that's on, that's on Michigan. Jim's got to take a look at that. Okay. Uh, beyond that, uh, maybe the school needs to take a look, and maybe the Big Ten needs to offer up to the school that the um, opposing team needs to have another portal to come through to get on the field so that we can limit these types of incidents from ever having a chance of occurring. Um, as for what Harbaugh had to say, I think that having an edge, uh, you know, things that have happened in the past, like, for instance, at Michigan State when the kid, I'm trying to remember who it was, I can't remember the kid's name, going out on the field and destroying uh, the Spartan logo uh, at midfield that happened just a handful of years ago. When you're in uh, in a state rivalry like that, uh, you guys know from Auburn and Alabama when things like that to uh, defame other schools and to to go in front of someone's brand and try to ruin it with graffiti or anything like that. That's personal. It becomes personal. But there, there's no defense for what Michigan State players were doing, swinging their helmets at a head with a kid that didn't have a helmet on. By the way, that kid probably should think twice about, uh, you know, wearing his helmet. He probably should keep that helmet on. <laughs> yeah. But but I do think the Big Ten Conference is going to have to get involved in this, fellas, 
Because if the, each school doesn't want to do what's necessary, then the league ultimately is going to have to make that call. All right, Tim, final question, and we get about a minute. Um, your final yeah. four, and what do you think will be the final four tonight from the CFP? Well, I just put uh, well, I've, I've put Tennessee number one this week, and not just because the standings are coming out, but because I think they have the best wins. I think we've reached the time in the season when we get to November when you have to take stock of, you know, the games that have been played, Jay, and nobody's got a better win than Tennessee, and nobody's, got, I think, played a better schedule, particularly within their own conference, than, than Tennessee. I'm fine with them being number one. I moved them ahead of Ohio State because I thought Ohio State had that uh, that win at Penn State gift wrapped by Penn State turning it over in the fourth quarter. It was a hell of a game until the last ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't think Ohio State played their best. So I'm dropping them to two. Georgia is at three. And by the way, if I'm wrong on Tennessee, and I think they're an eight-and-a-half point uh, underdog that started out at 12-and-a-half, so Vegas is begging you to bet on Tennessee, then we can find out in one week. But I think Tennessee right now deserves to be one. In the four position, I've got Michigan. I haven't seen quite enough yet from TCU to make me move Michigan out of the fourth hole. But TCU, I've got at five, and uh, and I think they are the team, along with Clemson, it's going to be a real problem for this committee if they run the table. It's going to cost a second Big Ten team or a second SEC team a chance in the playoffs if either one of those two teams go undefeated. Always great stuff, my man. Thank you, Tim, and uh, we look forward to next Thank week. You, Have a great call this weekend. You got it, fellas. All the best. Bye. Thank you, Tim Brando from Fox Sports, joining us each and every week and uh, some great insights. Tony, what you got for us coming up on the other side? He's a coach, he's an author, he's a TV star, and now Dickie V is a marriage counselor. Who's he trying to fix? We'll tell you coming up here next on the Jay Barker Radio Network. You're listening to the Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Have you ever wanted to be inside Bryant Denny in the middle of the field, sitting in the lower bowl, watching your beloved Alabama crew? Anderson, Matt Coulter has the day off. I'm Jay Barker. We appreciate you joining us here on this Tuesday edition. And uh, Tony will be back with us tomorrow. And Mike Leach is uh, supposed to join us tomorrow. So hopefully we'll have a chance to visit with him. And uh, a lot happened to Graham over the last couple weeks on and off the field. And uh, totally get that. Also, his name's been mentioned for that Auburn job with his AD Cohen uh, going over to be the new AD for the Auburn Tigers, Alabama, LSU coming up this weekend, but uh, marriage counseling for one Dickie V. Give us, give us the scoop. He uh, tweeted out yesterday. I've simply seen many picks over the years, the fantastic passion and the open that they've demonstrated with each other and the love. They both have their young children. Thus, I hope ultimately they can sit down with a professional and work out their differences. This after Tom Brady and Giselle Bunch, and of course, uh, got a divorce. By the way, that was the fastest divorce I have ever seen. I don't know how long that thing's been in the works, but it seemed like it happened like overnight. Uh, they are both single now. Of course, they're working to figure out uh, the financials, uh, and they've got a $50 million compound they're building down in Miami. Um, but I think it's really, really interesting. And I think a lot of people are, are pulling for Tom and Giselle, and they hope that it, 
that it happens. Uh, you know, I mentioned here on this show that once Giselle took her ring off a couple of weeks ago, it was over. Um, and it's just it just goes to show you just how heartfelt people really feel about this relationship. You know, Jay, we, we see this, and you've been around celebrities your entire life. You see people in the open, and they do look passionate. They look like they're on the same page, and you see how they are with their kids, and you saw Giselle uh, with Tom after he won Super Bowls, but we don't know what happens behind closed doors. But I will say this. Uh, Tom came out on his podcast yesterday called Let's Go with Jim Gray. And obviously he's being asked a lot of questions about this particular situation. He said, I tried to do everything I could to save the marriage. He said, but it was a little too little, little too late. Uh, she came back and basically said that I've been trying to see uh, Tom Moore and try to get him to realize what I've been going through in my life uh, for a long period of time. And now all of a sudden he wants to reconcile those things and make it right. It's just a little bit too late. Uh, and we see that a lot in a lot of marriages, unfortunately, because he's off doing his thing and she's off doing her thing and you have kids and this time flies by. Uh, I, I will go as far as to say this. If he does want to reconcile and somehow they get back together again, and I don't know what the, the law is where they were married at, it usually usually you can't remarry that person uh, within a year of, of, your, of your divorce. Uh, but the worst thing he could do, I think, is to probably win another Super Bowl because I think for their marriage, it would probably bode well for both of them for her to see that he needs her in order to be successful, at least in the football field and maybe in marriage. But we'll see what happens. But I, I don't think there's going to be a reconciliation, and it's just super sad because it ended so fast. Boy, it is. And then I think, um, you know, Dickie V makes a great point is that you'll go back and look at you know, all the memories and the things that you shared together, try to draw from that in order to try to recapture, um, you know, some of the, the feelings or emotions. Um, but, you know, in my mind, and, and I've always said this and everything that, you know, whether we've been through Tony or been through personally, um, to me, it's commitment, you know, it's that you're committed to that person uh, through thick and thin and you know, that you're going to try to make that work out. He brought it the a whole uh, deal with Sylvester Stallone and his wife, Jennifer, and, mm -hmm. you know, they've been, together for 25 years they had their split up and then became closer uh, through that and got through some of the things and I mean marriages are uh, relationships they're tough and uh, it's as tough as, as, as anything that you're going to do in life and you just got to keep working on yourself and keep trying to get better I think that's what they both need to do in order for it to be as amicable and and I'd love to see them reconcile get back together I think the kids um, you know as much as you know you kind of look around and go okay well you know, maybe it's best if we're not together. I, I just don't believe that. I, I haven't seen it personally uh, in, in my life where it's better for kids, for, for uh, husband and wife to divorce. I think it's better for the core family to be together. Uh, but some people choose other other paths, and then you try to make the best of it. So if they can't uh, work it back out and reconcile, at least they could reconcile on a level that's going to keep it as easy as possible for the kids as they continue to grow up and look to both of them as their parents. Yeah, if they still love each other and they still respect each other to an extent, uh, it's just a sad situation because normally you have one person that doesn't love the other one anymore, and it's just an easy, okay, I'm done, obviously, if you don't want to be with me. In this particular case, I can't help but think they both still want to be together. They just can't figure it out. And maybe they have seen marriage counselors, and maybe they need to meet with Dickie V and <laughs> figure this right. whole thing out. Um, it's just, but but I, it's, the, thing, it's the, fa never the fact that the divorce happened so bad. fast, yeah. yeah. It's never as bad as yeah. it is it looks, and it's never as good as it looks. Um, you know, people's you lives may not be as bad, and they are not, not as great. Uh, what you see on social media or highlight films, what you read in the press, uh, is a lot of times not even truth to what uh, things happen. All right, man. Hey, have a great uh, Tuesday. Thanks to Joe and all the folks there. Hardy at Tide 100.9. Thanks to Josh and Andrew Crawford. Have a great day. 
Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. 